Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on the five-fold ministry. This is our final lesson in this eight-week course. Uh, so we have talked about a lot of stuff over the last eight weeks, and uh, today's message, today's teaching, is not going to go over anything new. This one is called the Growth Challenge. So I'm going to open up with a word of prayer. We're going to recap everything that we've talked about, and then I'm going to leave you guys uh, with a charge to go somewhere. Alrighty, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and for this time. I thank you for each one of these wonderful people who's chosen to come together and, and to hear the word of the Lord. For these people who have chosen, Lord God, to come into your presence week after week and they're they're seeking to know you deeper they're seeking to have a greater understanding of your word and the things which you have placed in there for us i praise you lord god uh, for the times that we've had to meet i praise you lord for uh, the effectiveness that i know that you have accomplished in these teachings father i just praise you and thank you once more for this time I pray that you would anoint my lips and anoint the ears of those who are listening. Father, just be present with us today. In the name of Jesus, we all did say, Amen and Amen. So, this this uh, meeting is going to be relatively short, especially in comparison to the others, uh, because you don't have to learn anything new. But we're just going to kind of uh, quickly recap everything uh, that we've talked about. What are the five-fold ministry giftings? Do you remember them? They're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All right? We have to recognize our responsibility. This, this is part of, part of your growth challenge, is recognizing your responsibility. Um, if, you, if you recognize that you've been called to one of these five specific ministries, that's awesome, and, and I will be praying for you as you develop into that. Um, but if you recognize that your role in the local church is more that of an elder, uh, someone who is, remember we called him an under-under-shepherd, um, we, we talked about how Jesus is the true shepherd, and so a pastor in the flock is the under shepherd because he's under Jesus or she's under Jesus. And so an elder in in the local church is going to be the under under shepherd. If you if you recognize that your role is that of an elder or a deacon in the local church, what's your responsibility? Well, I'm going to charge you that your responsibility in that role is to prayerfully support those around you prayerfully support um, those in leadership who are, uh, for lack of better terminology, we'll say who are higher than you in the ranks of leadership, even though we all know that we are on level playing field. Um, when, when it comes to these ministry, um, what, what we see as these ministry titles, we recognize now that they are not titles, but they are functions. And, and so if you're called just to the eldership, and, and don't take that just as to make it lesser than, uh, but, but if you're called 
to be an elder in the local church and, and to serve as, you know, one who oversees 10 specific people, um, you know, of course, undergird them in prayer, undergird the pastor in prayer, and um, and, and likewise, the, the teachers, the evangelists, prophets, and apostles that are all inside of your local church. The reason that I want you to recognize and receive this responsibility is because all believers are called to ministry, but we're not all called in ascension gifts. We're not all called in the areas of apostleship, prophethood, evangelism, uh, pastoral instruction, and teaching instruction. We're not all called there. Uh, some people are called to ministry in the area of medicine. Some people are called to ministry in the area of engineering. Some people are called to ministry in the area of janitorial service. We are all called to ministry. Remember that scripture that we talked about too uh, from 1 Peter that says, you are a, ro- a, a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. And, and that's, that's what we're going to take away from. We're going right, to walk away saying, yes, I am chosen by my king. All right, each one of us as believers have a call to service. Okay, we, we have on our lives a, a minister's call to serve. And Jesus said this, Jesus said, I am among you as one that serves. Jesus was God made flesh. He dwelt on, on earth among men. And, and he, he knew that he was fully God and fully man. And yet he didn't say, bow down and worship me, I am God. No, he, he was so brutally honest and he was so forthright in saying, I am among you as one that serves. That should be our mindset. Um, I want you to consider the scripture that says, let this mind also be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, that That's Jesus' mindset. So take that on as your mindset. That's part of your growth challenge here. Is your mind uh, set to be, I am among you as one who serves? Or is your mind set to be, I don't have time to serve? I have this to worry about, and I have this to do, and I have that on my plate. I want, I want your mindset to become what Jesus said. I am among you as one that serves. Okay? Praise God. I want you to hear these words. Take on faith over fear. Everything that you've learned in the last eight weeks is potentially a little bit difficult to really come to a full understanding of. Everything that you've learned over the last eight weeks may be, um, it, it might even make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because it feels like we're challenging the church system. But let me reassure you, we are challenging the church system. Yes, you heard me right. We are challenging the church system. Because what we have turned church into is not what God originally designed church to be. And so we've turned it into this wonderful hierarchy 
and and we have one man way at the top and then two below him and then four below that one and then eight below that one and it's this big big pyramid system and it was never supposed to be that way i want you as as you walk away from this course to take on faith over fear i want you to get in god's word i want you to study i want you to go in um, the New Testament and, and read about the New Testament church. You will see that they went about from house to house breaking bread and eating meat. And it doesn't say that they did this once a week on Sunday. It says they did this daily. That was God's design for church, that we would go about house to house breaking bread and eating meat, that we would fellowship with one another under his name daily daily is what that says and and i want you to um, begin to discern the spirit for yourself we had talked about in in several of these lessons discerning the spirit testing the spirit to see what what the nature is and and seeing you know um is is the spirit under which this person is prophesying, is this a true spirit of prophet or is this a false prophet spirit? Is this person evangelizing in true spirit of evangelism or is this a false evangelist? Is this person who's giving a teaching right now teaching truth or do we have a false teacher on our hands? I want you to discern the spirit for yourself. You, you shouldn't be subject to sitting in the pew and waiting for the man with the red tie on to stand up and say, all right, folks, uh, I want you to know that, that this man is, is a great teacher or this woman's a wonderful evangelist. And, you know, you, you don't need, you don't need that. All right, you, you have God's word. You have the Holy Ghost in you uh, because you are saved. And, and you walk with God, discern the spirit for yourself. Finally, take on faith over fear and lay aside traditions of men. That one's going to be the hardest one. Um, if you are in leadership, in, if, you, if you're in a leadership position in a church right now, laying aside traditions of men is very difficult because it really rocks the boat, especially with people who have been in church all their lives. It really rocks the boat. It really puts a ripple in the water. And let me tell you that when it comes to laying aside traditions of men, sometimes things get a little bit sticky. Sometimes things get a little bit hairy and a little bit ugly. But if you can go through your Bible. We're going to go back to this first point of taking on faith over fear. Get in God's word. Discern the spirit for yourself. And then, and then, and then, you have the testimony. You've got the backup proof in the word of God that says, brothers and sisters, I urge you that we should lay this aside. This wasn't what God intended. And here's the scriptural proof. And make sure that when you have those proofs, that, that you cover it. Um, so study the chapter, not just two verses, but study a chapter at a time whenever you find that you have something to prove um, that, that the tradition of men should be laid aside. When you find that scripture passage, use the whole chapter. That way nobody can come up and say, you took that out of context. 
you can say, oh no, read the whole chapter and, and then go forth and explain the chapter. Listen to me. God brought you into this course for you to hear this message. There is a reason that when I sent out the invitation to this course that you are you are one of the ones who came forth and said, yes, I want to learn about this. All right, take on faith over fear. Take on faith over fear. Finally, last point that I told you this was going to be a very short lesson. The last, the last thing that I want to really instill in you, and then we're going to close with several scriptures, but you'll probably recognize most of them from previous lessons. The last thing I want to instill in you as we part from this course is know your roots. Know your roots. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of us grow up in church and we grow up in a certain denomination of the church. And because we grew up in that denomination, we stay in that denomination. But we've never taken the time to look over the actual doctrine of the denomination. And, and so maybe you're in a situation where you're in a church that's very subdued and very quiet and very laid back. But 150 years ago, that church had, had a, we'll call it a reputation for being boisterous, for, for raising hands, shouting, running up and down the aisles, for speaking in tongues, for laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. And today, 150 years later, they've become silent and they've become subdued and they've become, you know, um, um, bumps in the pews. Know your roots. You've been planted in the church that you're planted in for a reason. You see, uh, I'll give you a quick Hebrew lesson. In Aramaic Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew, which was what the entire Old Testament was written in, there was never a word that ever was able to be translated coincidence. There is no Hebrew word that says this was not intentional. There, there, every, everything that God does is perfectly intentional. He has called you to such a time as this. He has put you in the place you are in for a reason. He wants you to grow to your fullest potential while you're there. And he might even want you to be the one that rocks that boat. I'm going to encourage you as we bring this course to a close to know your roots and, and, and to um, take, take some time. Doctrines, when it comes to denominational doctrines, sometimes they are very lengthy. Um, but take the time and find it and, and at least skim through it. If you're not going to do a full, in-depth, thorough read-through, at least skim through it and just see if something is missing from the church experience that is in the doctrine. And then I want you to take everything that, that you've learned from this course 
And I don't want you to take on a critical spirit. So hear me, hear me clearly on this. I do not want you to take on a critical spirit. I do not want you to go out and critique your local church, but I want you to observe your local church and and consider your local church in in the areas of what might be different, what might look different if we had a true fivefold ministry operating in the local church today. I will give you the spoiler alert. Most local churches do not have a fivefold ministry operating functionally within their walls. Most churches just don't. It's it's not something like we like we talked about early on. Um, the ministry is especially of apostles and prophets. They're they're not well accepted ministries. Evangelists, well, that ministry kind of teeters. Some churches accept them, some don't. Pastors, well, of course, every church has to accept the ministry of a pastor. Elsewise, they probably wouldn't be uh, meeting every Sunday. And teachers, well, that one kind of goes hand in hand with the pastor. So we we have all of those things. But but I want you to take the time and maybe keep a keep a notebook and just allow God to speak into your spirit what what could be different what what could function better would the church grow at at a multiplication rate like the church in the bible did if we had a fivefold ministry in place in the local church i want you to know your roots it, you're you're in the place that that you're at and maybe you've been there all of your life maybe you've spent 65 70 years going to the same church and it's because it's where your parents raised you and and your spouse was raised in that church too and so you both got you you decided you were going to get married and you got married in that church and you just stayed in that church and you raised your kids in that church but nobody ever taught you the roots of of what that church stands for, what that church was built upon. All right, know your roots. Take on faith over fear. Folks, I'm going to leave you with a couple of scripture verses. If you're taking notes, I would like you to jot these down. I do want you to spend time in prayer. I want you to have a notebook handy whenever you go to church on Sunday. And I want you to seek God's face and say, God, what could be different? What what could it look like if we had a full five-fold ministry? If we had if we had apostles ministering in this church, if we had prophets ministering in this church, evangelists, pastors and teachers, all five working together, what would this church look like? Father, what would you say to me about this? And and listen closely, he will speak to you. Okay, and, and I firmly believe that he will not only speak to you, but that he will speak to you and then he will give you the guidance and the wisdom and the direction how to share that and who to share it with to start to implement change for the better. Here's a couple of scriptures. We're going to begin in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. You're going to recognize it. We're reading from New King James Version today, and it says this, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, 
some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but, speaking truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Do you, do you hear that scripture encouraging you to know your roots and, and to uh, see the importance of the fivefold ministry giftings? I hope that you do. The next scripture that I want to take you to is in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. You already heard me say it once in this lesson, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's, that's my encouragement scripture for you to take on faith over fear and to say, yes, I am chosen. I am, I am the chosen generation. I am the royal priesthood. He has called me to be, and so I choose to be. The next one is in the book of Galatians. We're going to go to chapter 5 and verse 3. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I want to leave that scripture on your mind so that you remember all of these ministries that we've talked about. All five of the ministry giftings and in, the, in every believer's call to ministry, serve through love. That's, that's the key point. Uh, in any act of service is love and, and I want to make sure that you take that one and hold it tight as we move on from this course the next scripture is coming from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 you'll probably recognize this one too now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen why am I talking about this one right now? I want you to take on faith over fear. We can fear what people in the local church might say if we stand up and say this church needs to get back to the word. We can fear what people might do. We can even fear that the one called a pastor of the local church might, dare I say it, throw us out of that church if we choose to be the one to say, folks, we're missing four ministries of the fivefold ministry in this place. I want you to take on faith over fear. Know this, 
God has never failed you, and he never, never will. I want you to take on faith over fear, and faith is the substance of things hoped for and not yet seen. The next scripture I want you to go to is 2 Timothy 1.7. We're still talking about faith over fear right here, and I want you to know 2 Timothy 1.7, I've had this one memorized for the bulk of my life at this point. It says this, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. For God, let me, I want you to hear that again. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Faith over fear. Power, love, and sound mind. And, and I believe that if you, if you feel God leading you to rock the boat in your local church and, and to make mention of this course and say, listen, I need somebody to hear me. I need somebody to hear the fact that I have, I have been instructed now in what this fivefold ministry thing really means. And I think that this church, this local church, I think this local church needs to have an understanding of the fivefold ministry. I think this local church could benefit from having all five pieces. I think this local church could benefit from a little more plurality of eldership. If if God is leading you in that, he will give you the power, the love, and the sound mind that you need to make the proper address. The last scripture that I want to part with is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. And it's important that I leave you with this particular passage of scripture. And so because of that, I want to pray with you as you flip open your Bible. I'm going to close with prayer right now. And the final words of this uh, session are going to be John 15, verses 4 and 5. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you once more for this day and for this time. I thank you, Lord God, that sometimes we don't need a long time to say what needs to be said. I thank you, Father, that you are the one who is going to challenge each one of these people to grow in the knowledge that they've obtained, to grow, Lord God, deeper with you, to come walking closer with you, to reach up and take your hand as they move forward with this information. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would begin, even in this moment, to endue each of them with power from on high, that you would truly instill in them the power and the love and the sound mind that they need to be boat rockers. Father, you are the one, Jesus Christ, you are the one who stepped out in the water as the sea was tempest and tossed, Lord God, you put your foot upon the water and you spoke stillness into the sea. You spoke stillness into the storm. You spoke calm in the chaos and it obeyed, Father God. So Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that your power would come upon each one of these people. These are your children. These are, these are God-fearing believers who have stepped up and said, I want to learn about this. And Father, I believe that you've called each one of them 
to come to this place to learn about these things for a purpose. And so, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray your blessing outpour upon them right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, I pray blessing so, so vast, so bountiful, so plentiful, Lord God, that it may be poured out in, in greater quantities than can truly be received, that you would just soak them, Lord God, from the top of their head to the soles of their very feet with your holy anointing. Father, compel them to grow. Compel them, Lord God, to stand up for your word and to stand up for your kingdom, to raise up their Bible as a two-edged sword, to put on the helmet of hope of salvation, to take up, Lord God, each piece of the armor which you called us to wear. Call them, Lord God, into your army. Call them to march in obedience. Call them, Father. Call them, everyone, into what you have for them. And I pray all of this over my brothers and sisters in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Closing words from John 15, verses 4 and 5. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. God bless you all. Take care.